Hello and welcome to It's Finally Over, the last game's done. It's been dreadful, hasn't it, Ange? We're staying where we are. We're staying where we are. Consistently inconsistent, but consistently 14th. Not good enough. 14th again. But there has been a bit of a positive. We have got two points more than last season. Yes, and we have got rid of more dead wood. And why people can't really, really see the progress we're making. I'm only joking. It's, um, <laughs> it's been disappointing, hasn't it? There's no, you know, if there ever was a match that summed up the disappointment for me, it was yesterday. Because for the first 10 minutes, we were okay, walking around sideways, backwards, playing well in midfield. And then they thought, oh, look, these are rubbish. And they just took us apart. And I'm a bit concerned now about the goalkeeping department. I don't know whether you are. Uh, yeah, basically it was a, like a, a leaping salmon, as I called him last week, he, all over the place. Not good enough, he's not ready. He's not ready for this level, he needs a, he needs his loan spell where he actually plays more than nine games. Yes. Because he's only had months here, months in there. He needs a season out on loan, we need a new goalkeeper, I've said it at the start of the season, and I'm saying it again now, letting Davies go I think was a massive mistake. But we'll talk uh, about that later. It wasn't later. a mistake. Let me just get this straight with you. It, wasn't it was a mistake, mistake Andrew, not, not to replace. No, it wasn't a mistake. It was a financial decision. Um, he wanted to go because they offered to pay him more money than Stoke were offering him on the recontract, and they offered him twice as long. And if you're a player and you've no uh, empathy with Stoke, which he hasn't, he's not from Stoke, I mean, it's his job. He wanted to go, and Stoke wanted to shift the wages. He was a high earner. But in terms of Playing-wise, yes, I would agree with you. He's the best goalie of the lot, and his stats prove it. And um, Sheffield United, you know that team you said would get nowhere near? They're in the playoffs, aren't they? As a Luton. <laughs> oh, do <laughs> Yeah, just by the skin of their teeth. I feel sorry for the Huddersfield and the Luton fans, because um, whilst they, they'll be very happy to be in the playoffs, everybody really wanted to see Notts Forest and Sheffield United in the final of the playoffs, didn't they? And that's not going to happen now. But listen, um, what next season we'll be sitting here, top of the league, and having gone back to the promised land. I mean, I'm not going to put you on again if you're going to start talk silly like that. <laughs> <laughs> start getting people's hopes up like that. You said we were going to get the playoffs for a year, and I said we didn't. I know, I know. Call I know. me delusional, bloody hell. I'm entitled to one mistake. That's my only one. Right, so before we go any further, it's ended 2-2 on predictions this season. So it's ended a flat-out draw. Hang on. How's it ended 2-2? You only started counting the predictions from when you won one, which is six weeks ago. No, no. All season. We, to be fair, we've both been dreadful. <laughs> okay, no well, I'll go with 2-2, but I will win next year because <laughs> I will be keeping the score. Yeah, but you'll just put make him up like you have every week, every week. I got it right, so you got the score, you, the team to win, but you didn't put the right score. But right, it's ended 2-2. So we are dreadful at predictions. So if people now listening, don't listen to us what we're going to predict next week or next season, because right. we'd never get it right. Angela always goes for a win, and it never happens. But anyway, before we digress and go into how delusional Angela is, say we're going to win the league, we'll I go straight in with... Player rating, so we're going straight away with worst player on the pitch, Joe Basic. He didn't handle himself particularly well, and he certainly didn't handle the ball particularly well yesterday. I mean, where was he on the crosses? I also thought he was poor for the for their goal. The 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 goal, I thought he should have done better. So 
I can't think of one aspect that he was good at yesterday, so he is getting a three. Uh, he's getting a two from me. I thought he was absolutely dreadful. And if it wasn't for Coventry messing about and not finishing, that could have been 3 4 1 yet last, uh, yesterday. He was, dread- he was dreadful. He, he, whenever he came for something, he, he came short. He, he came running for the ball on one occasion in the first half. And luckily for us, the Coventry City player was on holiday and put it wide of the post with a flick over him. He looked like an headless chicken. To be fair, he was left strand- stranded by a poor defence. But. To be honest, we were very lucky to get a point yesterday and Birgit was a major part of that. So he gets a two. And we move into the new debut boy, Sparry. Yeah, well, I thought Sparry started okay. But um, before we go into all the uh, jokes about um, bird life and one swallow doesn't make a sparrow, etc. Uh, I thought he, he, he looked a bit overawed. But I gave Stoke the due. They kept him on throughout the match. Uh, not sure he was in his best position glad he made his debut got it out of the way it was great for him he'll be buzzing today four uh, I'll go over three. I thought he was poor. Looked, looked like a lost sheep at times out there. I know it's his debut, which is a lost not... sparrow. Yeah, like a lost sparrow. Yeah, completely lost as well. Um, yeah, it's not his position. We all know that he isn't a right back from what I'm hearing. Um, to be honest, he's one of the players that I haven't really heard of. To be honest, <laughs> which I thought was a bit odd that he gets a debut over some of the other players that have been playing well. But it's good to see another youngster break into the side and get given an opportunity. It gets him his name out there. Now he's got an appearance for Stoke and hopefully you can get him a good loan spell in maybe the top ends of on league or league two and get him get his career up and running. But he wasn't he wasn't very good yesterday. He looked a little bit too eager at times to get to the ball and, and yeah. kept coming short. Right, now a player that we'll talk about later on, because there's a possibility of a permanent deal from what we're hearing from his agent. Harwood Bellish. Right, well, I didn't think he was good. I didn't think he was bad. Um, in fact, I thought Jagielka covered for him on a couple of occasions. But because the performance of the team wasn't brilliant, and because you always say, well, I can't give a sub more than five, I'll give Howard Bellis a five. Really? And I know he wasn't a sub, but I'm just telling you, I thought the game was rubbish yesterday. It, it was, yeah. I'm going to go in with... a. I'll go over five, I think, as well, with Howard Ballish. I thought he, he did better in the second half for me, but first half, he he, got, he kept getting caught. Yeah, I think yeah. he had a lot to do with the first goal as well. Um, I, I think he's a player we need on a permanent basis. I think I think he's on holiday, NT. There's nothing played for. And it's one of them... Yeah, that, I don't think we do need him on a permanent basis. Well, we'll talk about that later and transfer yeah, around okay. when we talk about what's going on. But yeah, it wasn't a great performance. Right, we move into Phil Jagielka. Um, not his greatest of games. He had a couple of dodgy moments in the first half, but he, he kept going, and um, I'm going to give him a five as well. Uh, he gets a six from me. My God, I didn't think anybody deserved a six, but go on. Yeah, well, I thought he was all right. To be, to be honest, I think he... First off, he looked a bit leggy. He's still a, he still—he was doing his job though, once he? he was leading the back line. He was—he was, you know, yeah. he made up for a couple of mistakes from Ballish and especially Sparry. It's hard pick a good performance here, but I think that was the best of the three defenders from what I was looking at. So he gets a six. Right now we move into man who's going soon. <laughs> hey, Morgan Fox. But you see, I don't think he is. Oh, don't say that for God's sake. He's got another year on his contract. He was. Morgan Fox. Oh, don't, why are you ruining your life, Angela? There's no need for this. 
Morgan Fox poor uh, or poor, whichever way you want to put it, and I'll give him a four. Uh, he gets a three from me. Um, I don't know why he's playing. Not good enough at all for what we want or need. He's one of them players that I look at and get angry that he, we've dropped to this level and signing players of that calibre. He's garbage at left wing back, crap at left back, and even worse at centre back. So for me, if he has got a deal, one year left, pay it up, please, and let's get rid. Well, you would hope somebody would come in and uh, with the qualities that you've just described, snap him up, wouldn't you? No, let's be honest, there's not many in our team who will be snapped up, let's be honest. Right, so now we move into the tireless superstar everyone keeps talking about, Josh Tymon. Uh, I thought he he was one of the brighter players of the day. I didn't think he was particularly good. His crosses, I, I just thought, were dreadful. Um, I didn't think his defending was that great. Um, but he keeps going, he keeps trying, and so he'll get a five from me too. Uh, a five for me. Again, he wins the the award for mouth open running. To be honest, no link up again. Sort of tried his best to sort of move forward, but he seemed like he was always looking over his shoulder. He was marked out the game. Nobody was bringing him into the play. Uh, five. Right, Joe Allen. Bye bye. Is that the end of that? Yeah, that's it. Bye bye. Um, I didn't think he did a great. I thought he was quite ineffective. Um, it probably is his last game for Stoke. Uh, I do think we will miss him in some respects. Um, he was almost invisible at times, wasn't he, for? Uh, he's getting a two from me, and that's the two middle fingers to go and find a new club. Thinks he's a star. He's, been, he's done nothing since he's dropped down to the Championship. He's only been performing recently because he's trying to find a new contract and a new club. Yesterday, I can't remember him touching the ball, and if he did, it was probably a simple pass to the person next to him. An absolute waste of money, and reminds me a lot of... Jamie O'Hara. Right, so now we move into Lewis Baker. Yeah, I thought Lewis Baker wasn't brilliant either. In fact, look, let's be honest, none of them were brilliant yesterday. But um, I thought it was another bad game for Baker. But it, it was hidden because there was a lot of other people having a bad game. So he's getting a four off me. Uh, it gets uh, another two from me. Completely... Pointless at times. Didn't really get involved in the game at all. To be honest, he was hiding yesterday. I'll be brutally honest, he was hiding. It was another end of the season game. There's nothing in it, so I can't really, you know, moan about it. The season was well and truly done after Christmas, and he better start booking up for next season. Simple as that. And now we talk about a man who also should be gone next season. Sam Clucas. Hey. The goal-scoring clickers. I mean, that was the best move of the game for Stoke, the, the interplay between him and Tymon, and, and he finished it off with a goal. And um, Again, he's got another year on his contract. Oh. Um, I'm sorry to depress you with these uh, extra years on the contract. I do think that uh, if somebody comes in for him, he will be gone. Um, and because he scored a goal, and because I think he was a better of a bad bunch, I'll still give him a five as well. Uh, he gets a six of man of the match, even though I was slagging him off earlier on. But he has been literally pointless. That's probably the best performance I've seen out from him this season. To be honest, he took his chance well. We know he's got a good left foot. He's shown that before. But for me, he's he's been a bystander all season. And, you know, he scored three goals this season, which says everything, to be honest. And I just, just want to see the back of a lot of these players, I've got to be honest. And, right, so now we move into Nick Powell. I thought he tried to put himself about a bit. He he, he did. He's, he's back to his just trying to taunt people so they kick up, kick him up in the air. And um, 
then they get he gets annoyed. Uh, he didn't have much support, did he? Let's be honest. In midfield, he didn't have much support, and he was drifting around a lot. So um, I'm going to give him man of the match score of six. Uh, he gets a five from me. He, he, again, he was found wanted. Again, he's dead. He's, he's rusty. He's not fit at this moment in time. He needs a pre-season. And for me, there's no rush at all of giving him a new contract for me. I know there's a lot of people now going to be screaming down the phone, but that's how far we dropped. The problem is he's been missing for a long time this season. He's had two injuries, one a long one, one kind of a short one. Um, he is our most creative player in the forward edges, which we know, but yesterday he didn't show any of that. There was, I think, one or two moments of quality late on, but... No, it gets a five from me. Right now we're moving. I do, I do think though, while, while we're on about Nick Powell, I do think it's um, it's quite pertinent to point out to people that he may well be a great player, but if you only play, you start eight games in a season, he ain't gonna win us the league. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is my point. We'll discuss yeah later when we talk about contracts. You've already disappointed me with two there. So now we move into the man who has signed a new contract. We're all happy about, which is Jacob Brown, who was unable to hit. That 15 goal mark. So you're wrong yeah. again, Angela. It wasn't his greatest day, but again, he had no support either. And, it, you know, some of the running back and some of the tackling he does, um, to me, is just. He's just great, so I'm giving him a six as well. Uh, he gets a five from me. He was completely ineffective. Nothing was coming on. It's not his fault. The midfield weren't creating anything for him. Timon's crosses were going everywhere but Jacob Brown, and Sparrow was like an headless chicken. <laughs> I should have said I had the spanner then, shouldn't I? <laughs> but yeah, unable to get that 15th goal, which is a shame, but he's got his new contract and we can hopefully build around him next season. Right, that's not one done. Right, so now we're moving to the substitutes. Right, Phillips for Klukas, which, yeah, fair enough. I didn't think Right Phillips did much at all. I would prefer him to go out on loan, actually, if he if he's only going to get bit parts for us and, and have at least six months on loan. Uh, didn't think he's only going to tour four. Uh, he gets a he gets a five because he was a sub. That's basically it, really. Um, he didn't do a lot, and I agree. A loan deal is probably best for him. League two or League one, just to get some games under his belt. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't drastically impressed, I'll be honest. Right, so now I'm moving to another one that's definitely going, James Chester. James Chester, who did the goal line clearance of the century. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, I, I couldn't believe uh, the goal line clearance he did. It was exceptional. I didn't think he did anything wrong, actually. Um, and as I say, he made that big clearance, but um, five. And yeah. he's a sub. Yeah, a five for me. Yeah, I understand about the incredible uh, goal line clearance because I was up the stand going, oh, here we go, we've lost again. And then I was looked up and we weren't. It was still one one. It was great. But he's crap and it's time for him to go. Right, so now we move into the of uh, Soyuz for Powell. Yeah, a lot of people want us to sign Soyuz. I'm still Ooh. on the fence about Soyuz. I think when he's playing in a team that's doing really well, he's great. But when we're not doing really well, uh, it's a bit of a luxury we can't afford. I know he's passing sublime at times. Uh, as I say, I'm undecided. I thought it was okay yesterday, five. Uh, five again. A couple of movements. And who, who are these people who want to sign him? I don't know what planet they're on. He's, he's, he's not for me at all. And you can tell I'm in a mood. 
I'm not in a yeah, mood. I can actually. I, you can tell I'm in a mood because I'm really, really, really disappointed with this season. And I was angry yesterday, and I've got, and I'm, you know, everyone said let's stay for the clap. I, I was putting my fingers up. I can't be, I can't be bothered. Right, so now moving to the subs that weren't used: Bonham, Varancic, who's going, Felicine Bedace, and Tezgel. Yeah, I would have liked Tezgel to come on at the end, but obviously they made the decision that he wasn't coming on. Um, I thought Varancic might have come on. I don't know whether he'll be staying or going. Um, and I don't bother because he didn't come on. I mean, it was just. You got to the stage where you just wanted the whistle to be blown and all go home, didn't you? Uh, I'll be brutally honest, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I wasn't even... I didn't even want to go, to be honest, yesterday. I went because it was a nice day and I thought, what else am I going to do gardening? And I was tempted by the gardening, but I thought, no, go on, I'll, get, I'll do the match. And it was just... I just I, I, I'm sick, Ange, of sitting there watching other, play, other teams play football. Play I'm sick of it now. It's been five seats. We've dropped to the Championship, spent more than anyone else ever has. And we're watching other teams play football. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. So now we'll go into the overall rating. Um, four. Uh, zero. Right, so now we're moving to the rating of the referee. Gavin well, I Ward. I thought he was appalling. I mean, there were two classic examples of uh, when is the ball out of play? Is it out of play when the ball goes completely over the line by two feet? Or does it have to be three feet? I, thought, I didn't think he's very good at all. Uh, five. Uh, a two for me. Opus didn't know what he was doing. Uh, again, again, this is again the same thing. Can I give one an eight? You know, they, they, they don't seem to manage to play well. There was a couple of times, luckily for us, where Coventry should have got away from a foul, but he called it back when you were playing on. Luckily for us, he did, because he probably would have scored. Yeah. Um, but as an overall refereeing performance, it was, it was poor. Just poor. Right, and now for the final time this season, hopefully and hopefully forever, Dean Alden's rating. Um, this is difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, there are some people that want managers to scream and shout and have their hands out of the pockets and do all that. Well, I'll just remind you of a, a game that took place where Man City were playing in, in midweek. And the team they eventually lost to, the manager never took his hand out of his pockets, never shouted, never did anything, and he still came back and won. That was Real Madrid. But in answer to your question, five. Uh, oh, the subs were too late. He's getting a, a very, very generous two from me. I thought his subs were too late. I don't understand why I didn't bring Tezgel on. Sparrow was clearly struggling and should have come off at some point. Um, I think he should have brought Philogene Bidet on instead of Ryan Phillips. Um, Klukas was actually the best player on the pitch and I don't understand why I brought him off anyway. I know he, I know he had a bit of a knock, but, you know, you know, man up, as some people would say back in the day. But I've just, to be honest, this, this management team I've had enough of. I've got to be honest, I've had enough. And I, I, I sense this. Um, I also wondered whether Leffer's spotted Seema was yesterday too. Uh, I, mean, well, you, I mean, if you've ever had bad luck with signing players, it's him, isn't it? Well, we talk about bad luck, and we're going, to, we're going to go on to that in a minute when we talk about the transfers, the business that has happened this season and all that lot. But we're going to have to do an overall picture of this season, is, is, which is why I've rushed through the player 18s, because, to be well, honest... An overall picture in terms of well, points? Well, everything, really. We, right, we, we've, well, got, we've got to have a look at it, haven't we? Now, we started well, didn't we? We went, what was it, six games, seven games without losing. We, we were playing well. Yeah. And I believe Ostergaard was a big part of that, a player that we've all forgot about. 
you know, what are your opinions of this season after after basically a carbon cutout of last season? I think um, one of the problems is obviously injuries for us, and I think we rely too much on two or three players. Now, every season we have players that if they aren't playing, the club is in a dire strait. Now, everybody has injuries, and every club has good players that are better than the rest, but somehow other clubs rise above it and have the ability to either change the system or just get through it and have a better mentality than we have. I think the season has been uh, really poor given the start we had. I would have preferred us to have had a start like Sheffield United or Nottingham Forest and come good at the end of the season because you remember that and then you take it into the next season. But um, I'll say that this season is... uh, extremely critical for the football club because five seasons of um, of watching teams who haven't been as good as over the years, as good as us over the years, you can look at Huddersfield, you can look at Luton, uh, and you can look at the team we played yesterday and it's not good enough. Stoke are just now a middle of the championship table and all those years in the Premier League mean nothing. They only mean things to us who watch them. And in, in some ways, they, 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 they make us feel bad. But uh, very, very poor. And I, if you'd have told well, I always thought we'd make the playoffs. Now I'm saying next season we have to. We have to be in the playoffs or something's got to change right at the top of the football club. And I mean above the managers. Well, I, I'm in agreement with you. But, you know, we haven't been shy in either window, have we, when it comes down to player signings and recruitment? The problem is for me is that the start of this season we made quite a lot of signings, but by January most of them have either been sold or not in the squad. Yeah. Which, which comes down to the manager. And I'm, I'm, the thing I'm also very frustrated about is how players from, for example, like Sam Klukas, who was absolutely incredible in that first half of the season and probably start of last season as well, Klukas, who seemed to really inspire behind Michael O'Neill, has completely tailed off to not even sometimes be deserving to be on the bench. And yes, the- I, I, I don't disagree with anything you say. I mean, we could now have um, every Stoke fan that listens to this podcast, so two other people, no, seriously, everybody that listens to this podcast could sit around in a table drinking the loopy juice that you drink most of the season yeah. and we would come up with different theories and different reasons. But ultimately, for me, the football is ponderous uh, it's sideways, backwards. We played a team yesterday which epitomised what football in the Championship is about. It's fast-paced passing and and using your skills and your strengths. Well, we give teams too much time to get back. We're ponderous, we're slow, and um, I, I just don't think that we've... Um, we've taken on board any of the lessons from the previous seasons. You can't look at Stoke City and think it's acceptable to finish 14th two successive seasons. And and I believe the management think that. Um, I know that they've had to get rid of the deadwood and the lumber, but you look at some of the players that are are still at the club, we've still got some deadwood, or maybe not lumber, but we've still got some people to, to shift who have no place at this football club. A Phoebe, hopefully somebody will buy him. Right? I, I guess they'll probably end up loaning him out again because that's what Stoke do. Etebo, I mean, you know, these players, uh, they just, 
until they're all gone from the football club, you're still going to have that little little smell and that little cloud hanging over the club. And I do really think that the recruitment this summer is is so so important. I agree. I agree with that a lot with the recruitments. But when but the problem is, I don't, I, I'll be brutally honest with you, Hans. I don't trust the management team with with signings. I don't trust no, them. No, I see. I understand that. But tell me why you don't. I don't trust them. Surridge, waste of time, but but brilliant for Nottingham Forest. He has been brilliant for Nottingham Forest. Just just because he's come on and scored some goals, he couldn't get in the team at the start. Yes, but the, and he won't be brilliant with them. But, he's an in and out streaky player. But that's what Surridge should have been for Stoke. He but should. He, he, Look at Stoke straight away. He flushed easy chances, and the, yeah, and he did. Me, he did. The final thing with Surridge was when he did that headbutt and got sent off. I, I just thought, my God, have we got another nutcase here? You can't rely on players like that. Yeah, it's, and, and it's I right. I'm not the slightest bit bothered. He's been sold. I think it was good to get. And the other thing is, Ian, he didn't want to be at Stoke. He, for whatever reason, right? We know he was wrong. He didn't like the area. He didn't want to live here. He did just didn't like it, and he's left. And you know we have to get on with it. Yeah, I, I get that. And I, I I was glad he went as well. You know what I'm like. I thought he was rubbish. But the, the, you look at Cooper there, and he's getting something out of him. And that's yeah. the difference that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like our managers bringing in players like Ostergaard got. A, quickly had a chip on his shoulder because of the management team and then ended up leaving. He was a mainstay at the start of the season. He was brilliant. And then all of a sudden yeah. he dropped and then it all started coming out what what had gone on. Very few players, Ian, come to a football club and don't give that extra bit at the start. Right? If you've got a player in your team and they don't come in firing, then you, you begin to wonder straight away. For me, Ostergaard was a loose cannon. I know you liked him. I love the way he thumped his chest. I used to like the way Nathan Jones thumped his chest occasionally, not every five minutes. But to me, he was a loose cannon, and I don't think he was that good. So there's a perfect example of two people who see the same footballer, and I'm right and you're wrong. No, I'm right. He, was, he, was, he played well, as you well know, and he was, he was improving at Coventry. He played well. But I'm not just saying it just to bring up an old player to have a go. But... You know, Orwood Ballish has come in and he's been streaky as well. But is this coming down to the management team? Because the truth is, if he's bringing these players in, they should be improving and getting better. You know, I've, I've always been told by, you know, previous managers that I've managed to talk to and, and trying to get them on the pod and stuff like that. And they've told me the number one key to a club being successful is recruitment. Absolutely. And, we don't need a previous manager but, to but, also, but also a management's is able to improve players the best he can. But yeah. it seems like for me, with a lot of times, we're having like one season players that play well for a year and drop off because yeah. the management team can't seem to keep them motivated or changes the system oh, so the way away. Is it the quality of the players, Ian? Is it the quality of the players? You're shopping in... We've been through this. You're not shopping in Arabs. You're not shopping in Waitrose. You're shopping in whatever the cheapest bargain buy place is these days, right? And you, occasionally you get a rough diamond that somebody's missed. More often than not, you don't. But the, um, thing, but the thing is, Hans, when you say that, we championship-wise, we are shopping at Harrods. Our wage bills, the players we're getting on, on the wages is way superior. I mean, if we're shopping at, at Bargain Basement, then Luton must be shopping in bins because they've, yeah. they've got nothing. And they, 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 when they finish fourth, you, you know, that's what it takes. 
And at the end of the day, there's no ex- extreme way of saying this, as we've had two seasons where we haven't moved. No, I, I'm not disputing that, but but they have got rid of some of the rubbish, and that's the only bonus you can come up. And Jacob Brown's improved, and I think Jordan Thompson's been a good player, and Harry Suter will be back. Um, we've not mentioned Tyrese Campbell. He's had another little up on his knee to clear out whatever was left. Um you know, hopefully Tyrese Campbell will uh, get back to the fitness that we we hoped we'd see this season. If you look at the squad of the players that are remaining, I, I honestly believe we need a keeper, right? We definitely need full-backs, right? And then you look at the midfield, we're going to have to replace Joe Allen, right? Probably have to replace, get one more. So you're already up to five players there. They need another. You need a creative midfielder. You need another striker. You need seven or eight players in this window. Of those seven or eight players we get in this window, they won't all be little red hot diamonds. No, I just want one diamond. That'll, that'll do me. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. But it, the, the truth is that for me, with this season and last season, and probably all the other seasons before, we've lived and died on our shocking midfield. This, we're playing a system, and the manager chose to do this. He's playing this system where we play with wing-backs and don't have any wingers. Now, we're doing that with Tommy Smith and Josh Tymon. Now, we know Josh Tymon can be good if, if he's got... When he plays with Thompson, Thompson brings him into play. They do one-on-ones and Tymon's able to get away. Now, for me, there's only two midfielders I'd keep from that team, and that's Thompson and Bakey. Out of all the other players, I'd let him go. I'd let them all go. If their contracts are up or they're on one year's left, get rid. Honestly, I'd get rid of all of them. Because the truth is, Oakley Booth thinks he's Palais with the way well, he talks. he's been a bit of a waste of time, hasn't he? And he'll go. He'll end up at Burton where he didn't want to go on loan because he won't, he won't be going any higher than League 1 or 2. You know, Vrancic started well but then completely faded away. And then once he got that injury, just... Never come back with any sort of consistency or quality. Nick Powell, I'd probably get rid of because of his inconsistency and because he's injured all the time. We can't rely on him. And the problem is with our system, we do rely on Nick Powell. And when he gets injured, we literally fall off a cliff because we haven't got a replacement to come in there and play in that cam role. Now, for me, when we look at the squad, I think defensively we only need... We need Bellish maybe on a permanent basis, which I'm going to talk about. But I think we need a, a natural left-footed centre-back if we if he's consistent with his free at the back. Goalkeeper goes without saying. We desperately need a goalkeeper. But that midfield needs a complete overhaul. Because I don't think Baker will be a consistent mainstay next season if we buy properly. Because I think people were telling me we need to tie Baker down to a longer deal. No, 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 no. We give him another year to impress, and if he does well by next January, then we offer him a new contract. We've got to start being smart, because we've done this now with Klukas, where we give him a long contract, and he ended up fading away ridiculously. Yeah. There's got to be an overall. For me, I think Brown can score more goals if he gets more service. But the problem is, of course, we've got a midfield that seems to be... a mid- Every single player in that midfield I've seen this season seems to be identical. There's no creative passes. There's no real defensive workers. None of them are box to box. They're all central midfielders. And I, I, yes, no, I'm not disputing what you're saying. But if if you look at recruitment, right, and if you you know, it isn't 
I'm just going to say, it's quite simple to say this, but it isn't just Stoke. You look at Manchester United, how they've fallen off a cliff and all the money they spend, right? You look at Everton, how they've fallen off a cliff and all the money they've spent. You look at Sunderland, how they've fallen off a cliff and all the money they've spent, right? It's not just the recruitment. Yes, recruitment's a massive part of it, and I agree with what you say. But if it was just so easy to go out and get these players, Stoke have got owners that would chop, would still chop money at the club, right, right, left and centre, if they could. So it's not just about money. Stoke have tried the money route with the Tomincies, the Afobis, the Etabos, the Imbulas. We could go on about all the players they've, they've tried to get. It's also about the mentality of the people you buy. So it's not just what they, they do with the feet. It's whether they can handle the pressure. And I'm going to say something now, Ian, which will annoy quite a few people that listen to this podcast. And I've been guilty of it myself when I was much younger. The toxicity that comes out of our fans, because our fans' expectations... And there's nothing wrong with having really high expectations. I have them myself. But our fans' expectations are quite unrealistic at times. And you can't compare us to where we were when we were even struggling in the Premier League. And if you've got young players starting to make their way in the game, I believe our supporters suffocate them at times. I really do. And I've been one of those fans who's gone on to players and and said horrible things and told them to get off and you're not fit to wear the shirt. But it doesn't it, it doesn't help. And I know it's difficult when you're paying 40-odd quid or, or, or more to go to away matches and how much we pay to go to home matches and how disappointed we are. And I know some people give up their holidays to support Stoke City. And I'll always support Stoke City and nobody will be more upset than me when we don't win. But sometimes I think our fan base... However toxic it gets can really affect the players, and that's the same with all clubs. But the point I'm making in a long-winded way is that we know different than clubs that have got much bigger resources and much better availability to buy players. If Man United can, can lose so many millions buying rubbish, then Stoke City are shopping at much lower level of rubbish and therefore have an increased chance of getting rubbish. I want us to do well. I, I think this summer, I now I'm going to sort of put my colours to the mast, tie them to the mast here. If we're not in the top six or eight at Christmas, then I think massive changes need to be made. And I don't just mean the management, I mean massive changes. The club has to restructure if we do not get there or there about this time. Well, I'll tell you now, Ange, we won't. <laughs> I, I know. Well, that's the end of the Potters podcast. We'll see you all for another scintillatingly fed-up edition in July. No, we, we've got to be serious now. And the, the truth of the matter... I'm yeah, I know you're bit I know, but what I'm saying is with the I'm being serious about my comment that we won't be in the top six. We won't under Michael O'Neill. He's not a winner. I'm so I'm sorry, Andrew. I know there's a lot of people out there that like him and want to stick with him. Doesn't matter whether you like him or not. No, it's well it's not about and liking. You can say he's not a winner is beyond me, Ian. Because he's not a winner, Andrew. He's he's the Northern Ireland team. Yes, but you took him from a bunch of rubbish to not so rubbish. 
But the truth of the matter is, he can only pick what he can pick with Northern Ireland. He's got his. He, the thing is with Northern Ireland, he made a competitive side, and but the thing is, I'm looking at Stoke. We haven't moved anywhere. He's had two years. And he's had two goals, and let's be honest, he might not have spent big money on transfers, but he's had big wages to spend. He's brought a lot of players in on both occasions. He's had four windows, and we've moved up two points in two years. Ian, he has, I don't know where you're getting your, your, your facts from, um, but he hasn't had big wages to spend. He's been cutting wages. Yeah, I know, so I know, he's, I know he has. He's, cut, he's, tried to cut, he's been cutting wages. I know he, I know, I know he has. It's, that's not right. That's not true, and I will not have you saying that he's been paying big wages he's been cutting wages yes he's been cutting wages but compared to other clubs in this division the players we bring bringing in on wages are far let's be honest Harwood Bellish on loan wage wise is more than Luton's highest paid player yeah well that means he's got a higher wage percentage compared to a lot of other teams in that club and don't get me wrong he's done well to bring to get to lower the wage bill, he's done well. At the end of this season, it's going to be a mass rid. There's going to be a lot of players who are going to go. Now, let's be honest. Baker won't have come here for any less than fifteen grand. Again, that's more than probably probably more than half can afford to pay that player that much. Which means he's he's had good wages compared to other managers in this league. So people like Chris Wilder, there, there won't be many players in that Middlesbrough side who's on fifteen grand. But he's probably brought in four, five, maybe even six players who are on above that. So that's what I mean by wages. As Stoke as a club, our wage bill is drastically higher than most teams in this division. And I know he's working with two ways. But let's be honest, Luton have bought somebody in who's on two grand, who's probably a better defender than Harwood Bellish is. And that's what I'm saying. The truth is, for me, we've got a manager in. I've seen no progression. I've seen no improvement. We haven't been able to have a run at all. I said to you, when was it now? About four months ago. If he gives me a run... Now, I know he hasn't been there for the last three, four games, has he? But I said, if he gives me a run, I'll get behind him. But he has not given me a run. We have been exactly the same this season as we were last season. Now, yes, we've lowered the wage bill and we've sold Nathan Collins. It's gone for good money and we've been able to swap things around. But nothing has improved other than Jacob Brown and Jordan Thompson. Klukas has got worse. The bat line's got older. Ben Wilmot's been all over the place. A player that you know I was, I was loving at the start of the season and then we, we had a joke that lasted an entire season, which is over now, by the way. But for me... What was that joke? It, it was good. not going to But the, the truth is, he's been hit and miss. But again, wage-wise, he's far superior to many other players in this division. And the problem is for me, I don't trust him with an overhaul of the squad. Because now, we, which we'll discuss now, obviously, we have got... 10, 11 players that are going to be gone. A load of wages are going to be released, which means we can now start bringing in either clever free transfers, loans, or maybe the odd buy. Now, for me, I don't trust him with what I've seen coming in from him. I don't trust him with that money. And that that's just right. basically because of what's happened this season. Well, the last two seasons. Right. I think, I think when, at the time when he first came in, we needed him. 
He, he was he, he kept well, he, us up. There's no doubt he kept us up. Yeah, it, without a question, and I'm thankful for him for that. But you can't live on that. I appreciate which, 100%. Which, after which, that season's done, that's over. Which is what I'm saying. And now, and now, if I'd see a little steady improvement, say we finished eighth or seventh, somewhere like that, then I'd go in. Yeah, give him another year; he'll get us up. I don't think he knows. I don't think he can. It does not that he doesn't know. I just don't feel he can get us up. I've watched it now for two years. It's been dreadful, Ange. I was watching Pulis for nine years. It's dreadful because at least with Pulis. You've watched Pulis for nine years. A lot of people thought Pulis was his football was dreadful. Right? At times it was, Hans, let's be honest. Right, okay. Well I'm asking you, would you prefer Pulis's football and staying in the Premier League or O'Neill's dreadful football and getting to the Premier League? Well I prefer or do I you pref- really want fantastic football like Man City and um that's no, gonna I won't, cost you billions. Ange, I want winning football. Yeah, same here. Well Tony Pulis's football was winning football. And I went to some away matches, and as soon as the other team scored, I thought, let's go. Right? I didn't. <laughs> but that, was, that's what, that is what you have to expect. Mark Hughes, for all his bringing players in um, and using Tony Pulis' spine of the team, as soon as he started to dismantle Tony Pulis' defence, right, we were going one place, and that was down. And you know that, and I know that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true, have, yeah. You've got to have a compromise between the two. You can't, you can't be all or nothing, not in our league. But going back, to, going back to the players that you're talking about going, I'm assuming Chester's going. That He's gone. Fletcher's going. Gone. Right? Fox, I know he's got another year. Gone. Dehaney, <laughs> what do you think about him? Gone. Yeah, I didn't understand why he came in the first place. No, it doesn't make sense. We had Tom Edwards. Right, gone. Mm, Okay, and then you've got Sawyers on loan. Gone. Um, Taylor Howard Bellis. Gone. But I would have him back in. Jaden Bidet. Gone. And the lesser spotted Seema. Uh, Who? Seema. Gone. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, who? (laughs) Gone. Yeah. So you're gonna you think about that, and um, Alan. You you look at the money that's gone out on loans. You've got Sawyer's, Seema, Ostergaard, right? There's probably been. If you look at where we are, um, and Doughty Doughty got injured, and I think he'll he'll come good for us, to be honest. Uh, you've got Connor Taylor who will come back. I'm not sure if he's fast enough, but I think he'll stay. I'm not sure he rates Foresters that highly. But if you look at just the loan fees for Ostergaard, Seema, Sawyers, Taylor Howard Bellis, Jaden Philogene Bedace, there's probably been a lot of money gone out there before you even talk about signing on fees and agents for, exactly, for other players. Yeah. You know, and out of them, I think Sawyers, I think they will try and keep Sawyers if uh, West Brom will let them go. But I think Steve Bruce wants to see if he can... Um, if you can keep him there. Come on, Steve Bruce, do do us a favour. I think Wilmot will be a decent signing. I, 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 I do, I do. I, I, even though I, we, we've had a joke about him all season, the truth is, I think he will come good. I think once he once he settles, but I, I, for me, I, I keep saying it, until we bring in a holding midfielder, that defence will eat goals. Because, yeah. we, because we've got no protection on the wing-back roles because we don't play wingers. 
the midfield is too slow, miles too slow, and it can't get back and it can't get forward. So the problem is we're leaving midfielders up and that defence gets drowned, which is why we can see goals so much. I saw it a perfect example, which was probably which we'll cover in other podcasts when we do worst and best performances of the season. It was yeah. Cardiff. And I watched Cardiff live and I saw us get overrun, overrun and overrun because and the manager didn't do anything. He, he didn't make a single change till it was already 3-3. That's what he thought, right, I better bring a, a midfielder on here. The problem is with us, we need a holding midfielder that's pacey and can move the ball. Yeah. There's one player I can think of who's just got relegated to League One and he's only 20, 20, 21. No, 22 years now and that's the person I'd get. I'd move Evan and Eve, get him. Max Beard from Derby. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with I wouldn't disagree with that. But I'm I'm really surprised because you look at this year's table, right? Huddersfield are in the playoffs. Okay, they're playing Luton. Right? They were nearly relegated two seasons ago. Right? Now it it's not all about luck, but they have had a huge amount of luck. I mean, the matches I've watched Huddersfield play this year, unbelievable, particularly against us. Right? And then then Barnsley were right up near the top two years ago. They, they, they're they going into League One now, right? So, it, it's it's there's never a steady linear progression in any football team uh, when they're trying to get back up to the very top. Even when they're at the top, there's never linear progression. And that's why I say, I think sometimes, listen, my expectations are that Stoke will win the league every season. Yeah, but then realism dri- drops in, you know. But when you look at when Tony Pulis took us up, I think the season we got promoted, he signed some players that were key to us getting up. And that's the thing. You've got to have players that have been there, done that, as well as players that um, are on the way up. And when you look at our squad this year, how many players have been there, done that? Well, none of them. Sawyers is, is the only one that's really and done Jackie that. And Elka, probably, who came in in January. I don't think he has. He's played at the top level. He knows what. Well, yeah, he knows. Yeah, but we've got. Joe we have Allen got. Knew what winning was all about. He just yeah, forgot when he got. Yeah, he just forgot when we dropped. The truth is, with like with it, and we need a, We need a call. The, the the entire lot's got to go for me. I'd keep the young players and, and Brown and and Thompson and Bersic and Bottom would go. For me, there's it needs a call. But for me, with that call, I'd like to see a new manager to come in. And progress yeah, that team, that. team on. That's that's for me. This is the perfect time now, because if like now, if we brought Nathan Jones in now, and I'm not, I'm just saying it is an hypothetical thing. I think we would have had success with him then, because he would, he would, he would have been able to build his own team. Whereas when he come in last time, when he come into us, he had all the rubbish and he had, he had no money spend and he had to figure out what he could at the same time. So no wonder he wasn't a success at Stoke. But whoever, if, if Michael O'Neill, which I don't trust with the money, he can prove me wrong because he's going nowhere. This is only talk. But for me, this is the perfect time now to bring in another manager. And I'm not saying the usual suspects, like everybody else says, like Dyche, that bloke from Norwich that I can't remember his name, Farky. Yeah. All the usual suspect names, which is what happens in the press. They just bring these... It's like it's like a wheel where they go, Who's, who is it? A championship? Farky, come here. They, they just bring out these names. But for me, I want to see a manager come in who's a winner and a proven winner who's on his way. And that that's what I want to see because Michael O'Neill, he was he was exactly what we needed after Nathan Jones. But I think he's had I think I think he's had his time. Yeah, you you may 
may well be right and time will tell, but you go back to the, the team and, and we're talking about replacing people. I mean, I know I've just checked while we're talking, I am right, Fox has got another 12 oh. months. Right? Uh, and I knew I was right. I don't know why I did it. It's only because you put doubt in my head and I should never listen to you because you're always wrong. I'm always um, right. But he, he's, he's only played on the, on, on the left of a back three because he's left-footed. This is the thing that gets me about Stoke, right? If you play the back four, he might be okay in a back four because he'd have somebody like with pace because he's got zero pace. Um, but my, my concern is we haven't got full-backs. We've been playing Wilmot as a full-back. And we've got Tom Edwards, who he clearly doesn't like. He's playing in America. We're going to have to do something about full-backs. That, that's the problem. That's that's where, you know, I feel Jones f- fell apart and why it failed for him. I think that's why it failed for Rowett. And I think that's why it's failing for O'Neill. I don't think Tymon's a full-back. I, I, to be honest, I look at Tymon. I don't really know where playing, to be honest, because he, he's not a left-back because he can't defend. And he, he can't cross like a winger should. For me, Dowerty's a better option because we know he can cross and he's lightning quick. So he, we know he can get up and down. But for me, with the problem is with Stoke is that wing-backs are really hard to find, but they're very expensive nowadays. It's, it's the position everybody wants. And But for me, the midfield needs fixing. The right wing-back is without question because I think Simon's been offered a new contract, so he's got faith in him. But when we look at it... An overhaul really needs to happen. For me, like I've said, I'd get Max Beard and Jason Knight from Derby. There's Lewis Ferguson in Aberdeen, who's won one year. We've got one year after this year. He's one I'd look at. A striker, I'd probably go for Delap again, bring him in on loan. Would you take Madger permanently? No, it would depend on, on the cost for me. I mean, I, I think Stoke have missed him in the games he hasn't played. Um, I mean, when Fletcher first stopped playing for us regularly, I thought he was a miss, but his legs have gone, his race is run. And I've no doubt that he's be gone as well as definitely with Smith and definitely along with Chester, right? Um, I, I would say that um, Madger, I think, fits the bill if he's played correctly and not as an out-and-out striker. And I also think that Stoke will try and get him on loan again. They certainly won't try to pay the full fee for him. I think they'll go for him on loan again if they can get him and if that works out to be a reasonable fee. Would I go for him? It depends if there was anybody else available. Until you know <laughs> if there's anybody else and it's an either-or, right? Hear me out. If, if somebody came along that was local, that had... Goal scoring record in this division, I would take him because Maggie hasn't scored in this division. Yeah, you say he isn't fit, but if if you're just talking about there's nobody else, would you have him? I would have him tomorrow. Right. So, so would you have him over Clark Harris if there's an no. option there? No. So you'd have Clark Harris. Yes. I would have Clark Harris. He's my pick. Right. Well, I kind of change my mind then. No. You know him yeah. right. No, for, for the reasons I've said. Um, he will want, it's, an, it's a step up, it's an improvement, it's a bigger club. Whatever we think about how Stoke are falling, you know, it's still a big club to come to. The, you, you come as a player, you look at the facilities, you look at the training ground, it's, it's pretty good, right? And if, if you're hungry and young and want success, then Stoke's a place to come to. It's also, unfortunately... Over the past few years, if you passed your sell-by date and you want an easy life, it's been a place to come to. And we have to get rid of that now completely. You're not talking about the Trentham Garden Club. 
I'm talking about the last couple of years. I don't want to name names, but in in the Charlie Adam era, yeah, when people were turning up late for training and running onto the pitch with one boot on. I mean, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, we 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 retirement home. That we we used to call it the Trenton Golf Club. Yeah. Um, the, the truth is, like I said, I mean, would you take Jason Knight and Max Beard from Ireland? I know they're young, but they've been amazing this season, haven't they? And let's be honest, could we pick the bones of Derby? Uh, I'd like to take Tom Lawrence. I think Tom Lawrence would be a good player. Uh, we don't play wingers, though, Andy. No, but I, I, st- I, I still think there are players that would come to step from Derby. Um, but I'm... I'm other than that, I'm not sure, you know. I mean, you, you look at... There is a strong rumour around the city, and I don't go much through rumours, and I I have to say, I hope this is, is wrong, that Andy Carroll is one that we're looking at. Oh, for God's sake. Oh. Now, I don't know if it's true. Um <sighs> This is the problem. This is what I mean when when we talk about Stoke. We don't know how true it is. It probably is true. I'll ring my agent friend up, find out what's going on. But if we're getting linked to Andy Cat, why? Somebody explain to me why. <laughs> and would you take Andy Carroll? Uh, probably, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> We've just got... We're getting rid of a, a retired player in Stephen Fletcher who's done a good job. He's been all right over the two years. And then we're bringing in an injury-prone, 30, how old is he now? 38, 40. Bringing him in, why? That's not going to get us in the Premier League, is he? Absolutely not. And this is what I mean about Stoke. It's like, it's like we've just got rid of a load of old players and now we've brought Jaggy Alker in and you're saying we're looking at Carroll. Well, I, I, there's just a rumour. I mean, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but um, that's, that's the strong rumour going around at the moment. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me with Stoke. It really wouldn't. Our transfer team is probably, in my opinion, probably one of the worst in football. I've got to be honest, they haven't got a clue. And until that changes, I think I agree with you that upstairs needs to have a drastic think about themselves because I was even thinking about that yesterday. Would Pulis be a good fit upstairs in the board level, try and give him a bit of experience on players? Because I'm sorry, but there seems to be a clear lack of understanding of modern football in, that, in the board levels, isn't there? And, it, and it's continually showing me... I mean, the, the signings we made this season, the, the ones last season, the season before, nothing's improving. You know, let's be honest, the players that have come in, if if Wilmot was sold in the summer, would you be that bothered? No. Surridge didn't work, scored everywhere else. Sam Vokes has scored 27 goals this season for Wickham. Oh, for goodness sake, they, No, I know, I know he was crap and this, that and the other, but they called him the greatest free transfer ever. You know, we've we've spent so much on rubbish and yeah. something, something's got changed because it's continually happening now. The loan yeah. signings have come in and have done nothing. Simi, how many games did he play? Five? Four? I don't think he played that many. We had Ostergaard, who, who was, let's be honest, hopeless. Something's got to change here. Now, you shouldn't have done that, because I'm angry now. You've linked me to Andy Carroll. <laughs> so what's, what's your answer, then? You know, I know we're, we're rambling on a bit, and we're getting towards the end of the podcast. What's your answer to improve the recruitment? What would you do at Stoke? What would I do? We've got to start being more pragmatic and bringing players in that are playing well. That's what Luton do. They'll look at a lower level. We need to target leagues. For me, we need to look abroad for a club who's in a lesser division, it's a very poor division, who's overachieving. Rangers, for example, 
Who's making the transfer decisions at Rangers? Now, if I was the owner and I've got the money Armour owners got, I'd be looking round going, right, we've got a CEO in. Oh, 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 oh. And I'd, go, I'd look round and go, who's doing well who we can afford to bring in? Who's, who's good at doing transfers? Who's, who's achieving things that are brilliant? Go out there and look. I know, is it Style Bucharest out of nowhere have started kicking on with great signings from a different... Yeah. Middle yeah. Eastern country, somebody like that. Who's there? Who's making their transfer decisions there? Because he's obviously got a good eye for something. And plus, there's not going to be many teams in England looking at the Bulgarian or Romanian market. There might be some little gems in there that Stoke could nick, who could improve our wing back or improve our midfield. Start looking outside of the UK. You know, we've bought a CEO in from West Brom. In what's he done apart from get West Brom relegated twice and think of it? Boiler, brilliant. And I don't think the boiler, you know, that might be an upgrade. Could you imagine a race between Potamus and Potacombi? <laughs> but, but do you know what I'm saying? He's done yeah. nothing. He's done nothing but, to make. Commercially, uh, he, he, look, he's not going to have anything to do with recruitment. He's there for commercial operations, and that's it. Right, so let's hope he brings the pot of boiler out, as you've said. But, but like I say, it's like Clark Suter. If I was our board and I had brought a, a clever manager in, you could probably even bring somebody in who's, who's had, I don't know, who's the man at Forest Green? Because they're all Luton. Who's the man who's making transfers at Luton? Get him in! Because he obviously knows well, a player. His name's Nathan Jones. Well, not there. There'll be somebody high up. Oh. Who's, yeah, whoever it is, there's got to be some people in there who've, who who are making their decisions on transfers because whoever's making ours isn't good at his job or doesn't know what's going on. We need to look out there in the wide world that's out, that's there and look at clubs like because this is exactly what Leicester did and they're having great success. That's what um, Brentford do. They go out and they look for people who are, who, are, who are in charge of transfers, who are spotting with scout work and, and analytics and having success. They'll go out there, they'll pick their man and say, right, you don't live in, in Hungary anymore, do you? Well, come and, go, come and work for us at, at Brentford. Bang, they've got him. He makes good decisions. Transfers come in. That's, that's how the modern game works. And we're miles away from it. This is why we're not having success in the windows. Because we're trying to be pragmatic, but we're not. So for me, players like Clark's, Clark Harris has just got relegated. How much do you want? 1.5 million, whatever. Here's the money. Max Beard at Derby. How much do you want for him? Because it gets built, it's administrators. So it's the best time to jump in on their two young players. Right, we'll give you 4 million for Knight and Beard. Bang, they're at the club. A, a pragmatic midfielder and a great holding midfielder. That's how business is done. And so for me, and what I change... The board needs to change. For me, the coach family need to step away from the club, let the CEO uh, 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 run it, bring in a transfer network system with analytics and the scouting networks. They all come together and work under one man who's had proven success through what he's done to bring in good players that'll suit our manager. The manager has no say other than if he likes them or not, but he'll have no say on who he brings in. And that's how you work. The manager will go to this this man who's in charge and go, right, Michael, how do you play? Well, I play this system. Right, I'll go find you those six players you need and then fit them into your squad. You do your coaching and fit them into that Stoke team. And then it's up yeah. to him then, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I do. And well, there you go. So on that note, I'll, I'll, is that 
the sage having spoken and we just now wait with bated breath. Well, I just wanted your opinion on it as well. I mean, what do you think... I wouldn't do anything like you've done. <sighs> you always like causing arguments, Ange, don't you? I'm noticing this. Yeah, um, look, what you say is, is very sensible, which is unlike you, Ian, but life doesn't work like that. And, um, you mean Stoke doesn't work like that? No, I mean Stoke doesn't work like that. <laughs> I, I think that's the situation. When I've alluded to... Uh, We've got till Christmas, and then the whole club has to, to change. If the structure that we're working with this time doesn't work, then there's it. it you know, it's not the definition of insanity, but you're getting pretty close, and and we will have to change. But I I am going into this next season with optimism. I'm already revitalised now. Just having listened to you for this past hour, I'm revitalised and looking forward to the next season. I'm just glad it's over, Ange. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, it's been horrible. I've got guys. We had a. It's a season as whole, which we're going to cover next week on the pod because we don't stop like the others. We we carry on. There's plenty to talk about, but it, it, you know, it's just, it's a whole. It's been pretty woeful, Ante, and it, it can only get better. It can, and I hope it does. And I'm really looking forward to the um, non-in-season podcast because you can. After a week of missing football, which we will, and looking at other teams and wishing it was us, then I think you have a more rational point of view and we can be realistic and we can look forward to the people we might be going in the market for. And I think what might be nice at the end of this podcast, Ian, is if we ask uh, everybody listening to get in touch uh, by social media and say what players that they would like us to go for that are realistic. I mean... I think Messi's too old anyway now, and Ronaldo obviously has got Manchester United contract. But if we can look at realistic players, that'll be a good talking point for next week. Yeah, it will, yeah. I mean, next season's the Player of the Season award, so we're going to talk about who as top three best players are, and then we're going to counteract that with the worst three, which is what we do on this podcast. It's always, there's always a yin and yang. Andrew's normally the positive, I'm definitely the negative, especially this week. <laughs> And we swap sometimes, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's you, mainly you. Yeah, well, it was bound to be. It'd be my fault. But, yeah, if you get in contact with Ange or you get in contact with me on Twitter or Facebook, everybody knows where the the podcast is. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You just put in The Potter's Podcast and you find it pretty easy, really. It's at The Potter's Podcast as well. So put, and, and the other thing, Ian, is if, if they do ask, if they do respond to me, the messages get through to you. If they respond to you, the messages never go any further. What do you mean? Well, you never, you never share. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't. I'm not really a Twitter fan, and to be honest. <laughs> you, you just Twitter on. You're not a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Twitter. I don't. I don't like it. I, I'd, I'd go on Facebook now and again, and Instagram now and again as well. I'm not. I'm not really a social media <laughs> person, to be honest. But that's season, luckily, and that's the end of this podcast for this week. So thanks for that, Ange. Pleasure. Thank you. So that's it. Another boring, dismal season. It's over. But that's not it for the Potters Podcast. We continue. Next week we're going to discuss Player of the Year. Other worst Player of the Year. I don't know what I'm going to call that. I'll figure it out next week. So thanks for listening. ta All the best.